It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, here we go. The Christmas Day edition of the Locked on Wizards podcast. Ben standing here along with my boy, Mr. Adam Rubin from truthaboutit.net. You can find him on Twitter at Liddell's Place. I am at Ben Standing, and you'll can find my work on NBC Washington or FanRag Sports. And Adam, we get to talk about a Wizards win on Christmas Day. If in fact, uh, one thing I wrote earlier was that like there's different, when it comes to the Christmas Day games, They typically put the best teams on, but then they also put on the most interesting, or maybe in the case of the Lakers and Knicks, the most, uh, the the biggest markets. The Wizards think they're elite, but they're, but to this point, they've just simply been more interesting. Today, they play like a team that can be considered elite against the Celtics. It's the kind of performance that has you all, has part, everybody thinking, where has this been all year? But it also has people thinking, hey, this is what this team can do. If they get it all going, and today, God bless them, they did just that. What say you? What was the uh, what was the highlight for you about this game, other than the actual W itself? Well, the biggest highlight for me was just the minutes that everybody played and the way they were distributed. I know we might get into that later on, but just the way that Brooks uh, played the lineups and the way he he sort of. I think he sort of matched Brad Stevens. We didn't have any of those Kelly Olynyk on Jan Mahimi situations. Uh, so I thought he did a, a really good job. So that was that was what I was 
uh, you know, happiest to see. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, this, in some ways, this kind of, you know, er, er, the, the the one fun thing about the Celtics is that that series was so epic last year. And, you know, everything, like I've said from the beginning of this year, everything I'm just talking about with the Wizards on some way, shape, or form is about what happens in the playoffs. And I think I even said back back in the beginning of the season, that's definitely not how Scott Brooks wants to look at it. He wants to look at it this game what what does it mean? This game, what we got to get the win and all that. But everything that happens for the Wizards, I'm like, well, when they get to the playoffs, presuming they do, how are they going to match up with this team or that team? Because if it's not good, they have to fix it. And what 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 stood out about this game to me is how it very much felt like it did a year ago. It's basically the starters doing the heavy lifting with Kelly Oubre taking on the role of Bogdanovich as the sixth man. Those those six guys were the game today. The Wizards only had four points from anybody not na- not one of the starters in Ubre. Um, so it, it, it was a, it was an old school game, meaning uh, old school meaning May, <laughs> uh, May, uh, May game. But look, the Wizards won forty nine games last year with a lousy bench because the starters were largely healthy and they largely kicked butt. John Wall was off his was was he was off the minutes limits last game, but it was such a blowout. He didn't play a ton. He played 39 today. Beal played 40. Otto played 35. Morris and Gortat played good amounts. Those guys, they rode those guys as they should. Ubre played a bunch as well. And they played well. There's no, yeah, as much as we talk about the bench, the starters have to play better. They've been the reason, to me, for the most part, why this team has been largely inconsistent. Today, they, they were pretty sharp throughout. Yeah, and it's really Ubre played more than just the Bogdanovich role in that, you know, he played 32 minutes. I mean, he played starters minutes. He played more than Markeith and more than Gortat, and it was sort of the bridge that he brought. He was he was the he played well on the bench, but also then being able to come in and be that fifth guy in the small ball lineup is really where he played you know, the maybe was Yeah, that's where he sort of he was the he was the bench, but he was also the the key to the starters. So you know, that's why I'm saying he's, you know, you'd put him up there. That's why I'm just bumping him up a little bit more than a Bogdanovich. Hey, the bench played well role because I'm saying he's really like having a sixth option out there, you know, as a starter, the way he played tonight. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, Bogdanovich, for whatever he was, is essentially a one-trick pony with the shooting. Yeah. Ubre does a lot more stuff. I just meant basically last year it got to the point where Brooks trusted six players and had to use Mahimi. At, you know, in that game seven, he basically only used seven guys, right? He, he had to use Mahimi just for some, uh, you know, just a rest or tie or, or whatever. But uh, basically, that, that's all he did. Uh, well, I guess eight guys with Brandon Jennings uh, playing, but he didn't trust Ubre at all. And, and we'll get to him in a second. But um, just to sort of sort of emphasize, kind of how this thing. Turned. I mean, again, throughout the game, I think the Wizards played with a lot of uh, with a lot of focus, with a lot of energy. Yes, there were ups and downs. This is basketball. You have both teams are going to get runs. We we sort of understand how that works. But the Celtics didn't even lead, have any real lead until with uh, six eighteen to go. They went up five. That was their biggest lead of the game after a Kyrie three. And Wall and Beal had come back in a couple minutes before. But from that point on, the Wizards outscored Boston. Uh, 21 to eight with Wall scored or assisting on 18 of the final 21. Um, you know, <laughs> I was listening to some of the post game uh, comments on on uh, the uh, local broadcast, the show with uh, Julie Donaldson and Tony Massenburg. But they had uh, the 
Brooks and and Gortat and others after the game. And Gortat was asked about you know what 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 was the key for this game, and he basically said without naming any names. Everybody played together. People weren't go, looking to go on one-on-one. It was a national TV game. I wish we played on national TV more because we play better on national TV. Everybody seems to be a lot more locked in. And he didn't name names, and we don't necessarily have to. You can probably guess <laughs> who we might be talking to. But as has been said a hundred times here, when John Wall is engaged on both ends of the court, the Wizards are engaged on both ends of the court. It is as simple as that. He was today. He finishes with 21 and 14. I mean, Beal at 25 and Otto at 20. But when you talk about this team playing up and down, focused throughout, I saw that with John Wall today, and and that was to me ultimately why they uh, not well, I should say ultimately why they won. But the, in terms of like the bigger picture, what made what looked good, that to what looked good was 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 his uh, focus and, and everybody kind of getting involved, and especially in the fourth quarter because. The one bad stretch, you would say, aside from a couple missed defensive assignments, they gave up some easy threes, uh, but the bad stretch was that bench uh, to start the fourth, and I guess a little at the end of the third. Uh, it, it was bad you know, relative to the rest of the game. It wasn't last season bad, and that's why they were able to hold on. It was just they weren't getting the – Sadoransky, they, was, they were trying to run the offense, but nothing was coming open, and you know, Sadoransky was overpassing. He had an open shot he didn't take, and – couple possessions that ended with bad looks and so the the great thing about wall today was it's when he went back in they put him in early earlier than i think they'd like i thought there was eight minutes or so on the clock when they put wall in that was i thought a good move by brooks i would have liked a timeout earlier just to give wall even more rest and, and less bench but but he got wall in early stopped that sort of the bench not didn't let the bench you know blow the entire lead uh and then it's that last eight minutes when wall took over that really gives you the the hope for what he can be. That's when he was the best player on the court and then he took over both by, by scoring and really by getting assists. So that's really, it's that final end of the fourth quarter, I think is what would give people hope. And that's sort of like a playoff type atmosphere when you, if you have the best player on the court, you know, you, you got the advantage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, it's crazy. I mean, not, not all the numbers are great. When you look at uh, three-point shooting, Wall and Beal went a combined 0 for 9. The Wizards only shot 23.1% from three. The Celtics, 48.3, 14 of 29. If I tell you just that stat alone, you got to be thinking to yourself, well, did the Wizards lose by, you know, did they keep it keep the loss under double figures, right? I mean, that's not, that's not good at all. Um Celtics shot a slightly better from the field. Wizards did get them at the free throw line, 19 for 20. Well, they, they missed a bunch of free throws too, but they put right. 19 of 28. Celtics 11 of uh, of 17. One, one, one big key also, uh, second chance points. Wizards doubled them up 18 to 9. And I think I saw a stat that they were getting so many uh, rebounds late in the game. I think it was a stat the Celtics didn't have a defensive rebound for like the last seven minutes. Uh, basically of the game, which was uh, w- which obviously was fascinating, and it just went to show sort of the 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 the, the focus, the energy, you know, thrown out there by you know whoever was out there. I mean, Ubre and Otto in particular seem to be two guys getting after the boards uh, for the Wizards. Yeah, Otto and Ubre were great on the offensive boards for a stretch. They had Kyrie Irving on Otto, and I thought Washington should have gone to to Otto there. They only did once on an injury pass where. It was a pretty deep entry pass where Otto had Kyrie pinned. It wasn't really a post-up. It's just that Wall saw 
that uh, Kyrie was sort of fronting him with no help behind, but they never went to Otto just alone. It's sort of like when Isaiah Thomas was covering Otto last year. I, I thought instead of forcing it to Beal, which they were doing it at that time, give, give Otto some shots. But, but what Otto did do well is he crashed the offensive boards. I think he, there was a one possession he had a couple offensive boards, maybe even three. Uh, that's all on Kyrie. He just used his size and said, hey, if I'm not getting the ball, if I'm not getting shots, I'm going to use my advantage to keep the possessions alive. And Oubre was great, too, you know, in the fourth quarter. And it, but this is getting back to well, – we're going to keep it positive. It's Christmas. It was a great win. But this is just – it's this effort tonight with these offensive rebounds, which really make you question what the hell were they doing in Brooklyn when they got blown out and it was Brooklyn getting every offensive rebound. So it's like you're sort of seeing it's great, but this is really the, the, the inconsistency, which is so frustrating to see them play like this effort and energy-wise, and then three days ago to not even show up, you know, from the opening tip. But, um, but they, they did a great job, uh, and, and who knows? If it's national TV, that's great. If it's, they needed a kick in the ass to, to sort of get going, great. But, but, uh, but tonight they were great. Yeah, tonight they were great. Um, let's get into a, a, a second point here in just a sec about what was the difference for me between this game and that uh, playoff series that was a thriller but a loss for the Wizards in seven games. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Um, so, you know, the, everybody always focuses on who starts games. The key is, of course, really who finishes games. What, what's the best lineup that you can put out on the court for the last 5 minutes, 8 minutes, 12 minutes, whatever it is, and can the other team match it? And the problem the Wizards had last year, among many, was guarding Al Horford outside or Kelly Olynyk in that game, in that last game. When the when the Celtics had a big had a big man who could stretch the court, the Wizards had a big problem because um, the, Markeith Morris needs to guard one of those guys, but you have to then find another forward, right, to, to be out there. I mean, or, I mean, they, did, they, they clearly didn't have three guards last year. You typically wouldn't want to have to do that. I mean, right, I mean, the Celtics were going would have, would have like Jay Crowder as their four, right, in a lot of spots. So you needed somebody to match up with that. And the problem was who could – Markeith Morris is probably the best guy for that too. They didn't have somebody else. So, so Brooks constantly went with Gortat or Mahimi. Or if it was Bogdanovich, he's just not, you know, not, not, he's not the guy you want out there in the last eight minutes of a game, especially defensively. So they never really had a good answer. And, and Horford, when faced with against Gortat or Mahimi, just went out to three and lit them up. He shot 61% from three in the, in the series last year. 61%. Now, 
he made his first two threes tonight, and he actually he made both his threes tonight. Yeah. But the the difference is that late in the game, that went with Horford at the five, when the Celtics went small and the Wizards went to put Morris on him, they could use either Otto or Ubre to go up against whatever forward Boston had going uh going out there. I mean, Jason Tatum, impressive player, but he's not like a, a physical guy who's going to overwhelm anybody. Uh, you know, you know, Boston was going with some, with some small lineups. They had Terry Rozier out there a bunch, Marcus Smart, another guard, Jalen Brown, whatever it was, the, the, you could use Ubre or Otto combined with the fact that Brooks actually trusted Ubre this time, which he didn't obviously in game seven. And I don't blame him for why he didn't, but I'm just saying in this case, Boston going small, the Wizards had an answer because of the rest of Boston's lineup last year it was problematic, partly because of Boston, partly because Brooks didn't have another guy to go to. He did this time with Ubre, and, and obviously it worked out. And that's what I was saying at the top, that I was most impressed with the most happy to see that Brooks did go small there. He just he let it go, play small, match up on Horford small. And, you know, Mahimi played like eight or nine minutes, um, and he went small, you know, immediately after that, and he didn't put Cortat back in because they were, you know, they were playing so well with them not in there. And yeah, that's the, that's the key. And that's sort of, it's not just the Celtics. It's, it's a lot of different situations where that small ball lineup, which they just haven't had the opportunity to use because, you know, of injuries, the injury to Marquise, you know, it's not the same as having Mike Scott out there playing the five. So really that's one of the things that we can look forward to in the future is if we can get a little bit more of this, because people have said they don't want Mahimi out there so much, but you know, the other five option was Marquise. Uh, you know, obviously Jason Smith just is, is, is glued to the bench. So really it's Marquise is the guy that I think uh, Scott Brooks looks at as another option at the five, and he just hasn't been able to do it. So it, it was, it's great that they were able to, to match up. And also when, when Boston went with that smaller lineup, like I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't, I, I don't recall seeing Jason Tatum make a pass at, at any point during the game. <laughs> and he was in there for 36 minutes. And I kind of like playing against players like that because, yeah, great. He's a great offensive player. And believe me, he's, he's very impressive. He's an incredible scorer. But when you have Kyrie and Tatum out there, two guys who, who don't pass at all, they don't, well, I should say, they don't drive and look to set somebody up. So there's no risk. You, you sort of can collapse on them. That's why Otto was able to block Tatum on his drive at the end. He got the foul called. It wasn't a foul, but they called it. But that's sort of a situation where, it's the guys driving into three people. They they do not pass at all, and I think that sort of uh, goes against the you know Brad Stevens philosophy. So maybe in a half court offense at the end of the games when Boston in the playoffs was able to kill us with Isaiah moving the ball a little better. Uh, you know I'm hoping maybe when you have Tatum out there with Kyrie and look I'm happy anytime Marcus Smart shoots. So I thought that somehow you know hurt them a little bit. He, he's more of a one on one scorer. And they just weren't moving the ball, you know, that much. And I think that's what Brad Stevens said at one point during the, you know, third quarter interview. He said, look, we got to move the ball and we're not moving it around. And I think that was one of their, their issues. Their guys are, they're great scorers, but they're, they're one-on-one scorers. Yeah, no, I mean, and look, obviously from the, in the case of Boston, you know, Jason Tatum is 19 years old and he's a rookie as a oh, yeah. he's been, you know, he, the wizard should take advantage of, of a guy who's a rookie and, and being in that spot. Jalen Brown is only in his second year. I mean, Ubre is a veteran compared to both of them. Uh, you know, he's obviously not the oldest guy himself, but I mean, just in terms of being in the league, Ubre's been around 
more than those two guys are. And, uh, yeah, I mean, so yeah, I think, I think you make a good point. You know, I was looking at the Boston's lineup last year against the Wizards. And, you know, if, if you sort of just say in a general sense, Isaiah Thomas and Kyrie is a wash, obviously Al Horford is, uh, the same guy. The other three guys that they were using a lot, I'm just looking sort of at their game seven box score, Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, and then, Kelly Olynyk slash Marcus Smart sort of as that other guy. Um, Jay Crowder and Avery Bradley compared to what Boston has now, th- th- there's definitely a lack of toughness. Uh, th- th- I, I would bet you the Wizards would much rather take facing this group than having to go against Crowder and Bradley. Obviously, Bradley, Wal- John Wall said, was probably the toughest defender yeah. for him in the league. And-, and Crowder is such a physical player who obviously is an instigator to boot and it just again this is just one game and all that but i've seen it just felt like the 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 wizard boston was able to sort of out muscle the wizards at times last year be aggressive maybe even get in their head a little bit we didn't see that here uh especially late because of these lineups and the wizards could kind of do um do what they wanted um i I just want to read you this one quote here scott brooks after the game asked uh in essence what, what i think it was something to the effect of you know how do you, you know, you, you've been waiting for this team to, to show some more consistency and you think this is now you'll see it or whatever. And he said, quote, I thought this was as close as we played this year as we did last year. Everybody was locked in during timeouts. Whatever they did before the game, they need to keep doing it. And then he went on to basically say, you know, it, you, this was obviously a big game, a lot of hype. You've got to do it for all the other ones, too. And obviously that's going to be the key. What, the Wizards are up next against Atlanta, I believe, right? And uh, Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, and Atlanta is uh, not a good team. Atlanta is one of these teams that the Wizards have struggled against this year, and you know that's why I don't think I, I you and I have we've we've made a rule in this podcast we're not gonna say, we're not gonna say here it comes and here comes the turnaround we're gonna we're gonna wait for it to unfold because we've been burned too many times. Uh, Atlanta be, come in handle Atlanta. That's a good side because that's another that's a team that was uh, that's a team that's not very good. Uh, this year they've got they've got talent, blah blah blah, because they're an NBA team, but they're eight and twenty-five. Okay, the Wizards are nineteen and fifteen, so the Wizards should come should go should should take this at home, and oh sorry, it's at Atlanta. Either way, the Wizards should win that game and uh, get going. And then they have Houston at home on Friday, so you know you got a a couple of good tests, you know, including today against Boston, and, and yeah, you have to take care of business against Atlanta, and then and then Houston. That's a pretty good measuring stick. Uh, to go against them um, because they like to run. They like to shoot a lot of threes. You know, Washington's been playing better defending the three. So it's just a way to see how if Washington can sort of put something, put something together because, you know, now is the, now is the time to do it. But by the way, one thing I wanted to, to, to point out, you know, last year there was all this talk about how the wizards on some odd level actually maybe matched up better with Cleveland than Boston uh, in some ways, just be, based on sort of how, you know, the, how they played the regular season, uh, you know, obviously it's, that ignores the whole, you never want to face LeBron in the playoffs aspect, but it just felt like the way they played them, it was a little, you know, it's a, especially those last few games, it was a little, a little uh, even. I, I think the switch this year that Cleveland has made and what Boston has done, I actually think it's easier for the Wizards to play the Celtics in that, I mean, obviously they just beat Boston and lost to Cleveland twice already. But Kevin Love can play can play the five for ball for 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 Cleveland, right? And it presents the same problem that Horford presents: a big man that can go outside. 
The difference is that if you put Morris on Kevin Love, well, then so who's guarding LeBron? Otto Porter or Kelly Oubre? I don't think so. <laughs> All right? That's not ideal. So you pretty much have to put Morris on LeBron, which then leads to the question, well, then what do you do with Kevin Love? Uh, you know, if you go with a smaller guy like Mike Scott, then Love will just pound you inside. If you go with Gortat or Mahimi, he'll take you outside. Uh, I, I don't, and, and, you know, plus they can also go Jay Crowder as the other forward and, and he's a physical guy too. So, you know, uh, I, I, I think, I think at this point, the Wizards match up better with Boston than they do Cleveland because they, I, I thought they, Cleveland, if they put Kevin Love in the five last year, who knows what, what they could have done in, uh, against Golden State and some other teams, but, uh, they've done it now. And I, you know, again, what I'm discussing is irrelevant on, uh, December 25th. Happy holidays, by the way. Did I even say that at the beginning? I probably didn't. I was just so excited. Uh, I was probably just so excited to talk to Adam uh, uh, about this. But anyway, so that was just something I just was thinking about. That, like, what looking at that lineup the Wizards had out there works against Boston because their other forwards are just not that physical. Against against Cleveland, somebody has to guard LeBron and somebody has to guard Love. I don't know how the Wizards square that yet based on this roster, but. Well, the Avery Bradley and Crowder not being there because there's a few plays at the end of the game. Last year, they were willing to slog it out because of the type of team they had. With Kyrie, that's not really what they want to do. They want to, you know, not in Brad Stevens' huddle, but with Kyrie, you don't want to play a lot of, I mean, you know, I mean, Kyrie can get whatever he wants, but, you know, you want to move the ball. You want to keep him into space so he can do all his crazy uh, layup stuff like he did today at a couple points. Um, uh, by the way, just to, you know, uh, you know, I, I know that, like, because at least uh, – on this podcast, I don't listen to the other ones. On this podcast, you know, it's a lot of, oh, what are the Wizards going to do? Here was a problem with this. I'm sure if I was the parent and the Wizards were the kid, the kid would just start rolling their eyes. Like, okay, I get it. I'm not good enough. But, uh, you know, on the flip side, like I, I tweeted out a bunch of stats pregame. You know, the Wizards have actually been better than Boston over the last 10 games. I mean, the Celtics are still, or, or at least coming into the game, were first in the East. But over the last 10 games, the Wizards were 6-4. and four, Boston was 5-5, five and five, now 5-6. Five and six. If you look at overall net rating, the Wizards were 8th, the Celtics were 17th. Defensive rating, the, the Celtics, who had all the hype in the beginning of the year, how good their defense was, they were 18th. The Wizards were 3rd. So the, there have been, I mean, it, it it's just that in between the good, the Wizards lose to the Nets by 36 and get, you know, destroyed by Utah by a half a hundred, basically. So, the, and then, you know, some of these wins they had, you're like, oh boy, that wasn't Memphis. You couldn't barely, you could barely beat them, so on and so on. So, it's just we see the ups and downs, but there's but there's definitely some signs of things happening. It just hasn't looked as good as it did last year when it was a little more, um, a little more overt. Um, no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax. Make your moves They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. One thing I was also going to say to you, hold on, hold on, where's my stat here? Uh, 
Well, here's the third and final point I guess I would make sort of about this game, and this is more of a bigger picture thing, Adam. We've all talked about the injuries. I mean, John Wall's basically missed a third of their games, and they've already had more missed games by their starters than they did a year ago. Did you realize, because I guess I realized it, but I didn't realize it. Today was only the 13th game all season in which they had their starting five together. Like, I know instinctively you could probably guess that because Wall missed nine games and then Morris missed seven at the start. But, like, when you see it like that, they've played now, uh, what, 34 games? And the, the, the starters yeah. have played together 13. That, that I mean, that is a, a, an example as to why this thing has not been has not been moving uh, so far. Yeah, and I'd say they've played probably 31 of those 34 games without a a productive, but whether it's healthier, but productive Marquise Morris. So, you know, he, forget you know when he's actually been in the lineup. He hasn't been playing well. So it's like they've been playing the whole season without without him as well. So I think that was a big difference tonight, having him out there playing He's playing better. He still commits too many fouls uh, unnecessarily. Like when he gets beat, he just fouls, and, and they just can't afford to have him out that much. But, um, yeah, so it's not just the game's missed. It's also just even when they're all there together. Otto came back from injury, you know, but was bad the game he came back. You know, they, they, Wall came back and wasn't getting up to speed for four games. So even though they've had starters for 13 games, these starters aren't playing real, you know, full games also. So, you know, that's. That's something which fine on the second listen, but hopefully it will to the people who are uh, listening uh, on the Lockdown Wizards podcast. The 13th game with the starting five because of the injuries we recognize. But here's another reality. Of the 10-man rotation that Scott Brooks played today, the 10-man rotation that you and I would like, at least in the sense that Sadoransky's the point guard, the other four guys are on the bench, uh, you know, minutes are going to, you know, obviously each game the minutes will be slightly different or whatever. Uh, but in a general sense, the 10 players that play tonight, meaning also the starters all playing real minutes. I mean, John Wall's been on a minutes restriction up until the last two games, essentially, right? Put all that together. This is only the second game all year that this has been, that this has happened. Because when Saturansky got put in the starting line or got put in the, with the second unit, Wall was out. And then when, right when Wall came back, Otto missed games. And then Wall's been on a minutes restriction. So literally out of now 34 games, only two all year have they played with the 10-man rotation fully intact the way that at least you and I would see the world and realistically the way it should be because Brooks that's how Brooks is playing it finally. I mean, Sadoransky and, and the overall bench other than Oubre didn't do much today at all. But I'm just saying as a bigger picture point, that is another thing to consider that the team that we you and I at least think they should have out there night in, night out has played together twice in 34 games. Yeah, and that's and looking at the performance that they turned in today, I mean it it it's uh it's interesting because you don't really we look at individual players when we talk about people who are struggling. You know, John Wall has not been playing that well this season. Uh, you know, Marquise, uh, you know, obviously Mahimi, people talk about Frazier, but you know, it's really collectively they haven't even all had a chance to to play together. So it's almost like that it makes it exponentially bad when the individuals are playing poorly, but then they also can't even all play together and, and get a group going. So again, we don't want to, you know, say, Hey, that's what the only issue was. And now they're ready to play because they're healthy because they all, they had a bunch of starters on the court in those awful, awful games they were losing in the last second normally boils down to, but it's great to see that they played well with, with everybody healthy. So let's see if, 
let's see if that can uh, continue. Absolutely. Um, all right, man. Well, look, uh, I hope you had a, a good a good day today. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk. I've had a lousy day in the fantasy football front. I had uh, I already lost one Super Bowl by a one and a half points because uh, Martavis Bryant couldn't quite do enough. And now I'm losing another one. I'm, I'm down 10 with basically three quarters to go, and I have Michael Crabtree, and I fear Oakland's just going to do nothing today, and I'm going to lose, and I'll be really unhappy. Uh, well, you know, Crabtree's always good for a uh, 10-yard touchdown. So we'll see if he can put that together. Uh, I hope. I, I, would, I, I made, the, made the semifinals in all four of my leagues, but the only the only ones where there's some sort of uh, <clears throat> compensation, uh, I'm 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 now over. I I need this one. So wish 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 that for me. Otherwise, even though this was a fun day for the Wizards, and I'm glad we did this podcast, my personal day is uh, going down going the wrong way. So let's, let's hopefully I'm in a better mood by the time you guys hear this. <laughs> well, I'll I'll root for you, but given the uh, choices, I'll take a Wizards win over a. Ben Standing fantasy win, but uh, you know, but I'll, but now that the game's over, I will root for your interest. I mean, I would buy you a drink with my winnings. I don't think uh, John Wall's doing that. Uh, no, but you know, he helps my mood a lot tonight by by getting the win. So I give him credit. All right, I got to get you to become a, 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 a an investor in the uh, Ben Standing fantasy football world, and maybe you'll uh, you'll feel different about it. Oh yes, if I have some type of uh, compensation coming my way, then sure, go ahead. <laughs> but uh, for now, I'm going to have to uh, I'm going to have to defer to uh, to my Wizards fandom. Deal. By the way, like I just said, one last thing before we go, Otto Porter, 20 points on seven of 10 shooting, made three threes, six rebounds, uh, one steal, zero turnovers. Like I mean, he's played much better the last two games. He'd been off and injured and all that. I just want to ignore that in this. We didn't really talk much about Beal. Who was the dominant figure in the first half? Um, but uh, yeah, Gortat also well, Beal, eleven and ten. The, the, the Marquis fourteen and seven. I, I, I just realized I feel like I probably overlooked all their contributions. But as I said at the top, the starters kick butt, and today that was enough. And I just say quickly on Beal. I think that's the point with having uh, Avery Bradley and Jay Crowder off the court. It was only Marcus Smart that he had to deal with, and and. Gortat was setting some good picks to free up Beal. Like, there was no one else in the court that Beal had any concern for. Uh, any of the big men jumping out on him, any other guards, it, it didn't matter. So I think that's, you saw out there what it means to have a, a little more freedom on the wing for Beal, and he, he took advantage of it. He did indeed. All right, I've taken enough advantage of you. Go do your thing. Appreciate it, man. Thanks to you guys, as always. Uh, back at it uh, this week. Well, more podcasts. Deal gets open for three. Dagger! Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4:55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly. 
an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 